0: You're listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cuddle of Gary Cuddle Ministries on today's edition.
1: When was the last time God stirred your heart to do something for the kingdom and you took it upon yourself as a commission from God that was your personal ministry that if you didn't do it, it would never get done and you committed yourself to your very last breath to do that for God. Is that foreign to you? It ought not to be. Amen, it ought not to be, but there's many today. Well, I don't know what I can do for God. Well, you know what? The Bible says that if you'll seek Him, you can find Him.
0: When would you say was the last time you had a sole responsibility that you genuinely felt was assigned to you by the Lord? If it's been quite a while, the next question you can ask yourself is, When did you last spend time wholeheartedly seeking Him? In today's message, Pastor Gary will encourage you to fervently seek the Lord in prayer and to faithfully act on His guidance. In his study, you'll learn that the more committed you are to the kingdom, the less the things of this world will matter to you. Now here's Pastor Gary in Nehemiah chapter 2 as he continues his message, Let Us Rise Up and Build.
1: It's not what can I do for the church, it's what can the church do for me. And people come not to serve, but to be served. And if I'm not served, then I'll find somewhere that will serve me. But did you know that if you're a child of God, uh, Jesus came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. That is, Jesus didn't come to be served, he came to serve. And Jesus wants us to be like him. But we've got this whole philosophy in our churches today where people just have this added, well, that church don't do nothing for me. When is it ever supposed to? you supposed to do something for it. Can I get an amen? I'm not saying that we shouldn't serve one another, but it's the attitude that I'm addressing. It's the heart problem that I'm addressing. We get this notion that we are somehow, you know, we deserve it or somehow we're supposed to be served hand and foot and, and people get upset if the preacher don't shake their hand or if the, if the deacon don't call them on, uh, when it's the, their week to call them or or somebody didn't pay a visit because they was in the hospital sick and dang, it, nobody at that church ever called me and it might have been every one of them was fighting hell the same week you was fighting hell in the hospital and you need to have a little grace amen? amen people are people and they have problems and we're going to let some things slip through the cracks but there's no reason for us to get through a hissy fit and act like a three-year-old and pitch a temper tantrum and quit church because the church didn't serve us like we thought it should amen, amen. praise god what i'm talking about is we should have an attitude of what can i do for god you see what what happens is when you have a willingness to work the bible says uh Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. If you will commit your activity to the work of God, you won't have time to be distracted by wayward thoughts. You can preoccupy your thoughts by involving your work in the work of the Lord. Some of you just need something to do for God. And you quit all your bickering. You quit all your complaining. You quit all your backbiting and running people down and gossiping because you don't have time for none of that. And I'm just saying there's plenty to do around here. And if you don't know what to do, come talk to me after service and I can give you a list 10 miles long. Amen. <laughs> but uh, it's a mindset. We got to be willing to do the work. And thank God for working people. And I want to say right now to this younger generation coming up, the ones that have good work ethic, I thank God for you and I salute you. Amen. Because that's harder and harder to find nowadays. But listen, uh, if you keep letting other people pay your bills, uh, sooner or later they're going to control your entire life. And you'll be imprisoned by your own unwillingness to actually put forth some effort for yourself. Amen. And it's time that we raise up a generation that has a mind to work. You country folk have used this expression. Well, I have a good mind to fill in the blank, right? I have a good mind to go to Walmart. I have a good mind to, and we got it wrong right there. We, most of us don't have a good mind. <laughs> <laughs> Usually it's corrupt, ain't it? Usually we've got our mind on th- crazy stuff. But I'm telling you, what will fix a lot of our distractions is if we would commit ourselves to doing something for God. Amen. When was the last time God stirred your heart to do something for the kingdom and you took it upon yourself as a commission from God that was your personal ministry that if you didn't do it, it would never get done and you committed yourself to your very last breath to do that for God? Is that foreign to you? It ought not to be. Amen, it ought not to be, but there's many today. Well, I don't know what I can do for God. Well, you know what? The Bible says that if you'll seek Him, you can find Him. Why don't you talk to God about that a little bit? He's the one that created you. He knows what your gift set is. He knows how you're thinking. He knows the way you operate and the way you function. He's got just the place that you'll fit in the kingdom. But you've got to have a mind and a willingness to do actual work because listen the bills don't pay themselves around here amen somebody's got to get up and go to work uh, so that we can take up an offering and and that, so that we can uh, cover the expenses of ministry amen uh, this thing just don't happen by itself and most of you good hard-working americans and i thank god for you but i'm telling you something we need to transfer that zeal that we have for a paycheck on payday for a zeal that we have for the lord Amen. If you were as motivated to be effective and useful for God in the kingdom as you were to get a paycheck, how would that change your spiritual life? If you were as committed to seeing this church grow and prosper and reaching the lost as you were making sure you kept a good job and climbed the corporate ladder, how vastly different would our churches be today? It's something that we've got to commit to. It's something that we've got to be willing to do. Amen? And, and, and I'm, I'm just throwing this out there because I know that God is wanting some of you to recommit, amen, to get plugged in. Uh, and some of you just kind of got one foot in and one foot out, and you kind of testing the water. I don't know uh, if I should do this or not. And you got your tiptoe in there. Just, the water feeling pretty good, but you're not sure if you want to get ankle deep. And you're not sure if you want to get knee deep. And you sure don't know if you want to get waist deep. And God wants you to get all the way in and water to swim in. Amen. amen. And here's the thing. Well, I'm afraid I'll be hurt. Some of you say, I'm I'm afraid I'll be disappointed. I'm afraid I can't do it. All of the above will happen. Let me just go ahead and tell you that right now. You're going to be hurt. You're not going to be able to do it. And things are going to go wrong. All right, now what? Still do it. Amen. Still do it. Because the kingdom of God and the work of God must go on because we're fighting the very forces of hell and darkness to do it. Why do you think everything goes haywire every time you try to do something for God? Because the devil wants to stop you. More on that Wednesday if you'll be here at noon. But the devil wants to stop you. And he'll give you every excuse in the book. You've got to have a mind to work. Let me go on to my next point. Number two, Jesus must always be the main attraction amen Jesus must always be the main attraction Mark chapter 2 verse 1 look at it again he entered into Capernaum after some days and it was noised that he was in the house I love that don't you look what happens in the next verse and straightway or immediately many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them No, not so much as about the door. Now, what attracted them people to this meeting? It was Jesus. And Jesus, it wasn't just, how do I say this? It was who Jesus was. It was what Jesus could do for them, right? And Jesus said, if if I be lifted up from the earth... I will draw all men unto me. You want to know what drawing power we have to pull people into the church? Preach Jesus. Live Jesus. Do Jesus. Amen. Be like Jesus. If we drop our cynical attitude and our pharisaical attitude and and quit snubbing our noses at people, amen, and quit acting like we're better than people and tiptoeing around them like they're going to give us a disease and walk up to them and give them a big old bear hug and, and pray over them and love on them, amen, and start doing what Jesus did, you might be surprised at how many people might show up for church. In fact, it'd fill the house we'd have to knock our walls and build on if we start loving like Jesus loved and doing like Jesus did, amen. Jesus must always be the main attraction. Not the lights, not the camera, not the action, not the music, amen, not the programs, amen. Uh, and look, we, ha- we don't have no problem with any of that, but we must always remember that Jesus Christ is the one that has the preeminence. And if Jesus ain't lifted up, everything we're doing is in vain, Amen. Point number three. What happened in this text that we just read in Mark chapter 2? They praised Him. They preached Him. Jesus was praised. Jesus was preached. And then they patterned after Him. Something for you to think on. Amen. And if we'll praise Him and preach Him and pattern our lives after Him, that's the recipe to explosive church growth. Number three. There must be an outreach to the lost and the hurting there must be an outreach, and I thank God for what we've seen already. Just in the short time that we've been here, this church has a heart to reach out, and that's one of the reasons I'm here. Because I was praying, God, to pair me up with some people that are hungry to reach their community. And if you haven't noticed that yet, you're just blind. And I know every church has its problems, and I know you could probably be nitpicky and tell me something, something that went wrong and something that somebody said or did. But let me tell you something. That's going to be like that everywhere. Amen. What I'm sensing is there's a move of God. And people are hungry not only to grow in the Lord, but to reach their community. And let's look at these verses. Isaiah 58:10. And if thou draw out thy soul, this is what God says to do. If you draw out your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then shall thy light rise in obscurity and the darkness be as the noonday. Verse 11, and the Lord shall guide thee continually and satisfy thy soul in drought and make fat thy bones and thou shalt be like a watered garden, like a spring of water whose waters fail not. And they that shall be of thee, that's our youth department, they that shall be of thee shall build. If you want them to get zeal for God, mom and daddy, you get zeal for God. Mom and daddy, grandparents, if you want your grandkids uh, to have zeal for God, you better lead the way. Well, I tell them to do as I say and not as I do. Well, you hypocrite. (laughs) You know what? Kids can spot a hypocrite quicker than anybody because they know the real you when you're at home and nobody else is looking. Amen. I don't expect you to be perfect, and and God don't even expect you to be perfect because you're just nothing but a glorified mud ball, to be frank about it. Amen. Me neither, right? He took the dust and breathed into uh, the dust, right? Uh, he formed man of dust and breathed into his nostrils and he became a living soul. We ain't nothing but glorified mud balls. Amen. We ain't got nothing to boast of but him, right? And that's, like, that's all of us. But let me, let me tell you something. God doesn't expect sinful man to be as perfect as Jesus because he knows what frame we're made of. But it does expect you to try. And some people, honest to God, some people quit trying because they don't think they can ever get it right. That's never an excuse to quit trying. You always got to work on it. You know, and if you messed up in front of your kids and you, you're preaching one thing and you're doing another, repent. Turn around, make it right and go apologize to them and f- confess it to them. Well, I'd never admit to my kid that I did wrong. Well, they will never trust the God that you claim that you serve then. Because the God that you claim you serve requires all men everywhere to repent. And we all need to spend some old-fashioned repentance time down at the altar. Amen. Around the foot of the cross. What I'm saying to you, they that shall be of thee shall build the old waste places, but it's only when we lead the way. And it goes on and says... That shall raise up the foundations of many generations. Do you want what we're doing today to last for generations? Then we better do it, and we better do it right. Amen. On Christ the solid rock I stand, the cornerstone. Amen. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Listen, even I preach a truth that is higher than even I am. I don't always live up to what I preach, but I'm always preaching what I should be living up to. Amen. And I'm striving. I'm pressing toward the mark. For the prize. I may not be there yet, uh, but just be patient with me. Amen. Uh, and you may not be there yet, but God will give me the grace uh, to be patient with you. Uh, and we can get there together and we can strive together. But parents, it starts with you. If you want your children to serve God, you're going to have to do some repenting yourself. Uh, you're going to have to do some house cleaning. Uh, you're going to have to get some garbage out of your entertainment and out of your home uh, and start getting centering your family around the uh, family altar and getting in that book. And daddies, you're going to have to raise up and be a spiritual leader in your home and quit letting mama do all the spiritual leading nothing wrong when you got a good spiritual mama at home but daddy she needs your support if you're still at home with your family amen and I'm telling you it's time that we the people of God get right as a family and not just uh, cheerlead our children on and act like that we are immune to God's expectations for us amen they they shall be called the repairer of the breach. That's bridge building. The restorer of paths to dwell in. Amen. I know that our country, I I saw something on Facebook the other day. Somebody said, I wish I missed the America that I grew up in. How many of you can say that? And I understand that sentiment and I relate to it and I say amen. But I'll be honest with you, America was just full of sinners back then too. They just had a better way of hiding it than we do now. Now we just flaunt it. We just strut our stuff out in the open. We just proud and loud about it. No, not knowing how foolish we are. Amen. And I'm telling you what, the old paths that we need is not what happened back in the 60s or 50s or 40s. But what happened before the foundation of the world when God laid the word down before he ever created man. So that when he created man, man would have his word. That's the old path we need to seek after, what God said from the beginning that all of us have strayed away from. Get back in that book. If thou turn away thy foot from the Sabbath, from doing thy pleasure on my holy day, uh-oh, we're in trouble now, and call the Sabbath a delight, the holy of the Lord, honorable, honorable, and shall honor him, not doing thine own ways, uh, nor finding thine own pleasure. Nor, by the way, why do Christians sometimes, the only day they can find to go fishing is on Sunday? <laughs> Amen. You need to be at the house of God fishing for a word that will feed your, your parched and dry soul. Amen. Amen. Nor finding thine own pleasure, nor speaking thine own Words, right? Then shalt thou delight thyself in the Lord, and I will cause thee to ride upon the high places. Listen, you can't provide nothing for yourself that God can't provide better for you. You can go ahead and do your fishing on Sunday and live it up, and enjoy your bass boat, and neglect the house of God. And one day, you'll be calling the preacher, asking them to pray your kid uh, out of some bad situation, and praying that God will help him be delivered from drugs and alcohol, because you didn't care enough to raise him in the house of God around an old man of God that loved them enough to tell him to stay away from their sin. Amen. Amen. I will cause thee to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed thee with the heritage of Jacob thy father. That's a spiritual heritage. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. God said, in other words, God can bring it all back. God can bring back what was lost. America don't have to settle for what is. We can repent and turn to God and God can restore what was lost. And I know there's some things that will never be able to change. But I'm telling you, God is a God of restoration. And God does things in ways that we can't even explain. All I know to tell you is if we'll turn wholeheartedly back to God, God will turn wholeheartedly back to us. God answers sincere prayers. Amen. Number four, there must be a vision. Now, I know that that seems like it's out of order, but it ain't. It ain't. Because I want, what I wanted to say is the reason a lot of people don't do for God is because people don't have a vision to do for God. Look at this verse, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, Where there is no vision, the people perish, but he that keepeth the law, happy is he. Okay, let's, let's stay right there for a minute. Where there is no vision. In the Old Testament, often the word vision was synonymous with a word from God. When it said in one passage, there was no open vision. Everyone did that, which is right in their own, own eyes. What they meant by that, that there was no current prophet speaking a word from the Lord in that moment in time. There's no open vision, no current prophecy. Where there's no vision, where there's no word from God. Now, that's the deeper meaning. Now, I know that we apply, and it can be applied with being visionary and all that. But we don't have a vision if we don't capture God's vision. We're just blind. We call it vision, but we're blind when we don't include God in our plans. Where there's no vision, where there's no current word from God, the people perish. And I believe that God's word is living. And I believe that God's word is powerful. And it makes you come alive. Amen. It is current and it is relevant. It is not just an old archaic history book. Amen. That we should just discard and throw away. It's not so antiquated that we got all the use out of it that we're going to get. Because if you read that book, uh, that book will begin to read you. Amen. If you read that book, God, the Holy Spirit will begin to speak to your soul and your heart and God will begin to give you the vision that he has for your life. And if you don't get that, you will perish just like everybody else. Because you were not created to live a life separated from your creator. Sin is what separated you. God came to remedy that problem so that he can fill your life with hope and purpose and meaning. Amen. And it's time that we junk our own vision of our life and begin to find out what God is currently saying to us. And then it says, but he that keepeth the law, the word of God, happy is he. And see, that's one of the lies, fellas, ladies and gents, that this world will tell you that uh, it's not cool to go to church, it's not hip, whatever the con- modern word is they use. Amen, I those are archaic, right? <laughs> uh, it, it's, not, it's not popular to fit in with that church crowd. Some of you t- uh, embarrass you hoping nobody sees you at the church when you walk out when I dismiss Oh, I don't hope that my friends don't see me over here. I don't want them to label me. I hope they label you and do you some good. Amen. Listen, you want, you want to be labeled with a bunch of heathen that don't know God? You want to be labeled with the one that can save your soul? Amen. Amen. Listen, we're going to have to quit worrying about We're going to have to take, uh, divorce ourselves from public opinion because he that keeps the law is the one that's happy. You're not going to be happy fulfilling the lust of this life. You're not going to be find happiness at the bottom of a bottle. You're not going to find happiness shooting it up or snorting. You're not going to find happiness in a, a, in a human relationship. Amen. You're going to find happiness when the, the Prince of Peace uh, redeems your soul and, fr- and fills you with the Spirit and gives you hope from beyond. That's when you're going to find true happiness. And the king said unto me, this is Nehemiah too. Now we're back in Nehemiah. I know I'm jumping around a little bit. But this is the way the Lord gave it to me. Amen. This is what the preachers call topical preaching. And most preachers criticize this style of preaching. They're afraid I'm going to get off on my doctrine because I'm not staying in the same patches and staying linear with it. But anyway. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 6. And the king said unto me, the queen also sitting by him, for how long shall thy journey be, and when wilt thou return? So it pleased the king to send me. This is the word I want you to send. I set him a time. I set him a time. In other words, he got a plan of action together. He told the king, this is when I need it done. This is what I'm going to do, and it'll be done by such and such a day. And churches are real good about talking about all the things we should do. And I commend you for that. We all do it, don't we? but we're not quite as good about writing a plan down and following through with it. you got to plan your work, but then you got to work your plan. Amen? How many How many uh, ministries are in the graveyard of ideas right now? And whose fault is that? When we begin to assume personal responsibility for our personal ministry... We'll quit blaming everybody else for our lack of commitment to the cause of Christ. See, if I love Jesus like I'm supposed to love Jesus, I'll come to church and I'll even, if I have to, sit on the same pew as a person I don't like. Amen. If I have to, to get to Jesus.
0: You've been listening to True North with Pastor Gary Cottle. We're so glad you joined us today for this study in God's Word. Be sure to subscribe to True North on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss a new edition. This broadcast is part of Gary Cottle Ministries, and you can learn more about it and Pastor Gary by visiting our website, GaryCottle.com. That's Gary, C-A-U-D-I-L-L.com we'd like to invite you to partner with us in sharing the good news of Jesus through this ministry. Would you join Pastor Gary in praying for those listening? Pray for ears to be open and hearts to be receptive to the truth and love found only in God. Please keep Pastor Gary in your prayers as well as he continues to seek God's direction in this ministry. Another way you can be a part of what we're doing is through financial gifts. All amounts are appreciated and useful. Please prayerfully consider your involvement in this way, and if you feel led to give, you can mail a check to Gary Coddle Ministries, 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. That's 1112 Old Washington Road, Thompson, Georgia, 30824. Thank you for partnering with us, and thank you for listening today to True North.